The following is a presentation of Hogeye Sports Radio and is produced by Flat Creek Productions. Hey man, turn on the radio. Let's hear some tunes. From deep in the heart of Hogeye country, this is the Hogeye Sports Show. Oh, baby, they're lining it up. Is that all this thing will pick up? Of course. It's Hogeye Sports Radio. Hogeye fans, welcome to another exciting episode of the Hogeye Sports Show. Michael Johnson and Josh Scott here, recording live from the center of the Hogeye universe once again at Livingston Academy High School after a split decision between Livingston and Watertown on Friday, the 1st of February. So, uh, in this episode, we're going to talk in our first segment some uh, sports outside of Livingston Academy, talk about some upcoming things such as the Super Bowl, talk about uh, a new a new little wrinkle we're going to throw into the show called our top five favorite sports. And we may talk about our favorite players in each of our favorite sports in our first segment. Then we'll transition to uh, recapping all of the basketball games from our past episode up to uh, this point. And uh, also have a segment on who we want to uh, bring into the first ever Hogeye Sports Hall of Fame. So, Josh, let's start off this segment with uh, this week in the world of sports outside of Livingston Academy. What's something in the world of sports that we want to discuss? I think it's everybody's thing, the Super Bowl. Super Bowl's two days from now, the only third. Um, but I don't think you can talk about the Super Bowl. I can't without talking about the championship games a couple of weeks ago uh, we, when we recorded you said you had the Patriots Rams I had the Patriots Saints and uh, should have been Patriots it Saints should have been Patriots Saints but I mean that's the way it goes you got to feel bad for I, I saw an interview today uh, with Drew Drew Brees and he looks so miserable like and it may be the last chance he's got you know his, his shoulders he I know it's a little shrug. You see that? He comes out the field, kind of got a little shrug. I wonder if that shoulder's starting to give out. But what a way to lose a game of that magnitude to go to the Super Bowl, a no, a no call, and a blatant pass interference. And I, what makes it worse to me is that uh, dude comes out after the game and is like, yeah, I killed him. Like, he admitted to it. <laughs> and, uh, like, that, I think that's just – the way the NFL's handled that, uh, I'm sure you saw, like, a press conference and clippings of – of Goodell saying that, you know, they were going to look at expanding replay, but not on judgment calls. And I'm like, oh. I, I, it's got to. If you're going to have replay and you can blatantly see a terrible, terrible no call or a terrible call that shouldn't have been a call, yeah, you got to reverse it. I mean, you, you, and maybe not every single call, but do it like the, the rest of it where you've got that challenge and you can say, 
Here's my flag. That should have been pass interference. I agree, or defensive holding, or defensive or holding, whatever. or anything. Have at least two per game, or maybe two per half I, I, that you can do. I that said with. that what I would, just me fixing it. You know, genius ideas here is that I would give you have your two coaches challenges a game, and then you would have one um, judgment call challenge, whatever you want to call it. And That's not bad. You throw that flag on that judgment call. If they replay it and you're wrong, like if you've called out that referee. Hey, because he held him right there at the 44-yard line. They replay it. They see no holding. 15-yard penalty, first like down. It. I like it. I like it. And then if they do see it, they're going to, hey, 15, you know, 10-yard penalty. That was holding on 24, first down spot. Let's go. Keep like it moving. It. And what you do is you have another official that's on that game, you know, a, a referee. I don't know how you would – I guess an eye in the sky almost, basically, like they do at CBS. But uh, – Something to have the whole field. Hey, can I see it? Zoom in. Look. Oh, yeah, that's holding. All right, here we go. And uh, I think that would eliminate that. I think the, what bothered me the most, other than it's just a bad call, is you had two referees and looking at it. Would you would you do that during the game, have the, the one, you know, whatever you want to call that there, the judgment call uh, flag, but then when you get down – Two minutes to go, fourth quarter. Everything's reviewed. Everything's there. reviewed. Ah, uh, that's tough. I hate I hate the replay stuff when it takes forever. Well, yeah. And so I mean, I'm an, I'm all about getting it right. I think you still have to have some some human error to that because that's their job. If you're gonna, at some point, and I get kind of where they're coming from. You don't want to make it too like computerized. You know, it it becomes just takes the human element out of it. Um, but man, there's got to be a better way. You know, it's like reviewing touchdowns and stuff. Like there's do it like soccer does. I think so. I think it's soccer that does it. Has the laser that kind of shoots across the field. Yeah, they got and, goal line technology. Yeah, they call and it. So, and there was a there was a play here recently where uh, the ball looks like it's going to cross the line, and this defender, of course, the defenders can't touch it with anything yeah, but their foot. Yeah. He comes in and bicycle kicks it out of the goal, and it was like millimeters from going. And across they can the tell line. that. Yeah, yeah, they've got great. They got great. And that's my thing. Like, can we put? Okay, like Top Golf. I don't know if you're familiar with Top Golf at all, but there's like chips in the golf balls. That's how they score. Can we not put a chip on a football and figure it out too? I mean, yes, I don't care how yes. we do it, but let's get the game right. You know, I've always said as up. a as a fan going to football games, it sucks not having that yellow line across yeah, the field. I, I think in the next ten years, they're going to come up with technology to put that yellow line at the game. Yeah, I, I, just something to to clean it up because it's messy. I mean, and then in the in the AFC game, there's a phantom roughing the passer, calling Brady. The guy gets hit on the shoulder, you know, and uh, I just don't know. And you got to figure out a way to clean that up because that if you're the if you're the Saints, you lost a huge game at home. But then on the other side, if you're the Chiefs, I mean, that 15 yard penalty at roughing the passer changed the game. And of course, then you have the offsides call. Dude's lined up six inches across. Brady throws the pick. Nope, offsides. Yeah. I was like, oh, wow, that's the, that's the most Brady thing ever, though. When when they win the Super Bowl, there's always a freak play that causes that run to keep going. And, uh, you know, I have the tuck roll in the snow, and it's just always something, and there did, it was. Did you see Brady's post on social media? After? We ain't going nowhere. <laughs> that was – Let me tell you something. He's – One of the best things he's I, ever done. If you're a betting man, unload on the Patriots for Sunday because he is all of a sudden like – Embrace this villain thing. I talk, we talked about that's great. Last time. Yeah, it's great. You got to have black, villains, you and have he to. is just embracing. It. Like, all right, hey, we hear you. He, chant, he started that chant this this week, which is the dumbest thing ever. We're still here. <laughs> that's the dumbest thing of all time. But he is he has embraced it, and that's scary for the rest of the league because this dude wants to play four more years. Oh, and all of a sudden now you've pissed him off to the point that he's like, you know what? 
I'm going to come out and show you. <laughs> and, I mean, he was he was almost flawless in that AFC Championship game. Don't think that um, – I just don't think they can stop him. The defensive line for the Rams have to get to him. And the uh, offensive line for the Patriots have always done a great job keeping him clean. That's how he's played so well for so long. Um, so, I'm tell, I just think that they're going to win it. And I, I would almost I'm, – I'm tempted to take, like, a blowout game mm. because it reminds me a little bit, not so much on the Patriots' side, but for the Rams – uh, when the Broncos went with Peyton the first year, had this big offense and the defense is rolling and everything, but they hadn't been there before, and um, they got smoked. I think it makes a big difference. Yeah, and so, you know, I think that the half – it's kind of like karma. You've had two weeks of yeah. nothing but just what you're not used to. Yeah, yeah, you're not – the pressure's there, it's it's real. And then for two weeks, all the Rams have heard about is how they shouldn't have been in there anyway. Mm. And so I'm wondering if that does affect them negatively. And uh, for the Patriots, I mean, it's just business as normal. This is a run of, I looked it up today, 18 years now they've been on this run. That's nuts. In a, in a pro sport, a, a team dominate that sport for 18 years. I mean, if he wins, is it six? Is that right? Yes. That's more than any other franchise. So there are 18-year-old kids out there, people who have graduated high school, who've never known any other quarterback at the Patriots besides Tom Brady. That's that's nuts. Especially when you think about like the Cleveland Browns who have had oh, yeah. 25. <laughs> and it's just, it's beyond, and I've made a, I mean, we may have talked about it. I mean, imagine tomorrow if your favorite team traded for Tom Brady, you would love it. Absolutely you would. I mean, I don't care if he's All these people 40, who say 40, they hate Tom Brady probably secretly pick him first on their fantasy absolutely. football team It's like uh, It's like it went with Peyton. Everybody hated Peyton, you know, in Indianapolis, and then all of a sudden he was a free agent. Everybody oh, hey, him. let's sign. Can we sign Peyton? <laughs> there were billboards going up. Miami Dolphins hated the guy, and all of a sudden they want him. And Titans the same. Titans hated the guy. Oh yeah, hey Peyton, come home. And so, um, yeah, I just Super Bowl's a big week. I've been watching a lot of coverage. Uh, McAfee's down there doing a lot of fun stuff, and it's been fun to watch the other side and of, of things a little bit. And um, like I said Brady looks just so loose. You touched on the Instagram post about with Gronk. He is like answering some questions with kids this week. Uh, fun fact: my one of my bosses, he is married to Belichick's niece. Mm. Her mom and him are brother and sister. And yeah. uh, so I was like, "Hey, are you going to the game?" He said, "Nope, nope, staying home." He's not a football fan. And yeah, and uh, he said, "No, we're staying home." Even if you're not a football yeah. fan. Yeah, right? and oh, he's like, um, "Yeah, staying home." And he said, "We're going to the draft with him." And I said, "Oh, that's cool." And uh, I was like, "What do you think, though?" He's like, "Oh, no way! They no way they lose two in a row." Mm. And I was like, oh, "Okay, I'll, I'll go with that." But yeah, mm. just the, I don't know. I feel bad for the Saints. All those they filed all those lawsuits. That was hilarious. The fans <laughs> filed lawsuits. But that's for me. It's Super Bowl. That's the that's the epitome of frivolous lawsuits. Oh, right absolutely. That they knew it was not. They weren't going to win it, but they just filed it anyway. And I mean, you hey, if you're a lawyer, you just take their money. And oh, sure. Win. I mean, yeah. that's like you want to yeah. file what? Oh, okay, yeah, come on in. Um, All right, let's uh, all the fans out there that are sitting on the edge of their seats waiting for us to give our predictions. Let's 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 hear your prediction for the game. I did. Uh, I said today, I'll be counting you as Facebook, forty-one thirty-eight Patriots. Mm. I just said it. I feel like it's a blowout, but I mean it's a Super Bowl. I hope it's close, and I would say an overtime. Like I'm forty-one thirty-eight mm. Patriots in overtime. Um, you know, I think that they'll go down somehow, just kick a field goal and get a stop. And if you get if it goes to overtime, you get free wings at Buffalo Wild Wings the next week. So I'm for overtime this week. Oh, yeah. yeah, and um, 
Yeah, 41-38 Patriots. Brady gets number six. Gronk retires, and I think Belichick retires if they win. Now you talk about what two a, out of three. Then. What a story to end on. Yeah, and then you get McDaniels, you know, last year went to Indianapolis and then reneged on that and came back and, um, you know, get a – Get him back in there, and he takes over, and the dynasty somehow continues. As long as Brady's there, it's uh, they're going to be good. It's definitely a dynasty. What about you? What do you got? <sighs> Man. You went, with, you went with Rams? Two, I, two I'm going to I'm gonna stay with the Rams. Really? I'm going to stay with the Rams. I'm going wow. to pick a low score, 28-21, maybe 28-24, something like that. Any reason? You just I just uh, – I think that they're – you know, now it, it, I could be totally wrong here, but they're going to have a little chip on their shoulder since everybody's been telling them you shouldn't, you shouldn't be here. No, I can't. You, I can you're not that. supposed to be here. You shouldn't be here. You cheated to get in. I think that's going to fire them up a little bit. Now I do see the part where you know, they're not used to being here, but I think maybe that'll kind of help knock some of that out. You know, uh, I think Todd Gurley could have a big game, and the, the Rams have got some good defensive players. Oh, I think they can. I think great. if they can get to Brady. Knock him down a few times, rough him up a little bit. You know, would it be worth taking a, a couple of 15-yard oh, penalty yeah, flags yeah, to, uh, you know, make old, him feel his old, age for old, a little bit? Old Cousy Brian Hoyer over there is not ready to play. You know, so, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, I'm not, we're not confident and get hurt by no means. But, I mean, I'm, I'm with you a little bit. So, I, you know, I probably would have picked the other team from whatever you picked, really. <laughs> just I mean, so that just, one of us would be right yeah, one, one of us would be wrong the next I mean, time. I don't know. Like I said, I, now, I love McVay, 32 and in the Super Bowl yeah. as a head coach of the NFL team. That's He's great. got players older than him that's, on his that, team. That, that's really amazing. That's nuts. But, yeah, it's – Coaching uh, up somebody who's older than you, that's got to be tough it's, to it's do. It's beyond nuts. But, I mean, hey, uh, if you're an old-school sports fan – the Boston LA rivalry mm-hmm. has made its way to football now. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, there are two teams that could be there next year. I mean, the Browns aren't going anywhere. They figured it out. They got this rookie quarterback deal kind of thing. Of course, it's the second year. But the cheap money on the quarterback, they've loaded up everywhere else. And for a couple of years, they're going to be really good. If you can win with defense and run a game, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the way. The quarterback is. That's the way to win. The only thing that, before we move on to that, that I worry about with the Rams is that. The kid is in in pressurized situation has not been very good. Like the Bears, he threw five picks or something on a Monday night. What happened? If that happens in Super Bowl, they will oh, I, I mean, it, it could definitely be a flop. And you wonder, like, his he played at South North Dakota State, South Dakota State, something like that. Not a big school, not used to that. Of course, he's been in LA for two years now, but this is the biggest game of his life. All of a sudden, mm. you know, for Brady, just, just another day. That's true. And That's true. Just another day. Yeah. Super Bowl, baby. Time catches up with everybody, though. Yeah. Hey, listen, I'm anti-Tom Brady. I was a big Manning guy, and, but at the same time, like, he's the greatest quarterback of all time. It's, I like There's it. not a question now. I mean, it's just not. He gets number six. He's got more rings than every other franchise. It's tough. Well, let's transition to another uh, sport. How about some college basketball? Go Vols. Let's go. Hey, all of a sudden, Admiral's been terrible, and all of a sudden, they go over to South Carolina and just destroy them. You know, that's something I've always hated about watching Tennessee basketball is you watch for two hours and, you know, they, they, they can play good, but then they just fall apart at the end and just play like crap and lose. But this year it's been totally different. They've really not had a game like that. You know, they, yeah. They've played bad in some games, yeah. but they've scrapped and won and beat like Alabama and beat some good teams that they just couldn't, like Vanderbilt the other night. Yeah. I thought there's oh. no way they're going to win this game. That's, the, that's an all-time performance by Grant and then – there were so many people mad about the hook and hold. Yeah. Uh, that's it was by rule hook and hold, and it it was just people 
just people. Well, it's just like, you know, most people can't, when they're cheering for their team, they've got blinders on. Yeah, absolutely. And any call that goes against your team, the refs are just, all oh, the refs are terrible, yeah. you know. So you got to try to I, step back. and. I said that um, for the snowstorm that was supposed to come in, you know, that didn't come in, <laughs> that they didn't have to salt the roads in Vanderbilt because the tears from the Vanderbilt fans were already salted. That's pretty good. That's pretty enough. good. That may have been why it didn't snow. Yeah, it may have been, so or the snow dome. And there were so many you know, tears right there. The salt melted the snow yeah, before it could get to uh, the Upper Cumberland. Yeah. That was just, um, I, I didn't feel bad for them at all. I didn't. And, hey, uh, I'll go on record saying this. Chelsea needs to lose a game. Uh, I think they will. And I think Soon against Kentucky. There's a Kentucky team up there that, that's probably going to get them. And I'm okay yeah, LSU. LSU looks good. Yeah, LSU. And they sold out their arena for the game, you know. And it's uh, somebody made a comment on Twitter, like, now, for right now, like the teams that aren't very good, South Carolina, of course they're okay. Vanderbilt, whatever, they're selling out their arena. But it's a lot, it's a lot of Tennessee fans. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden it's like the Super Bowl comes to town. Like everybody's got to see the number one team in the country play. Whether you like them or don't like them, your team's playing on whatever – you want to see that team play. I mean, if you can get in for 10, 15 bucks to watch the number one team in the nation play, why not? Mm-hmm. You know, so they're going to get everybody's best shot. The target's on the back. You would think that at Rupp's going to be very hard to get a win. Absolutely. Um, Texas A&M this weekend won't be much. But at LSU, uh, you know, there's a you still got to play Vandy again at home, but you got to figure at some point Admiral, you know, takes over that game because of the double grant. Um, but they're set up so well. Uh, Derek Walker's playing good right now, the backup post, and uh, that's something they struggled with early in the season and even in the tournament last year. But yeah, it's so it's so nice to watch a Tennessee team that wins. Mm. I don't know what it's like. It it is a, a unusual feeling. Yeah, we haven't felt that much in the last uh, ten, twelve years. I think that if if the Tennessee Vols somehow win a national title this year in basketball, Twitter will explode. Mm-hmm. There'll be no more Twitter. Because the fa- the other fan base already hate us. Yeah, they do. Like, there's the Vol Twitter thing that goes crazy, and um, they already hate us. There might be a Twitter ban on everything that's Tennessee-related for the rest of eternity if they win a national championship, because nobody will be able to stand them. So, yeah, it's great time. Rick's doing a great job, and, uh, well, they're good. They're, they're, every night, Jordan, got to, we got to talk about the dunk. Oh, that was amazing. He was he was probably three feet. And it wasn't even the rim. play call, right? Yeah, he was going. He, they were looking. At, they were wanting Grant. And he said, uh, and he said he, he said he saw Lamonte and or Jordan and Jordan Jordan make eye contact, and he knew where he was going. But when he goes up, we're listening on radio in the desert in Arizona, and I was like, Bert Bertelkamp went nuts, oh, and I was and Bob got kind of excited. I was like, oh, must <laughs> you, have been, it must have been a must great have been play. a good play here. <laughs> And so then we got in the what a turn room. of events. After, yeah, after after the game goes off, and I pull it, and I was like, oh wow, because he got up above the rim. He was probably two foot from the rim and just crammed that thing. Oh, it was great. Yeah, so great. It's exciting. Let, now, let's yeah. go back to that. Is that not the worst call for a great play ever? When uh, the dog comes down with the the catch to beat Georgia. Oh yeah, game, and he says, Bob Kessling says, what a turn of events. He has he, I wish he would only do basketball. I He's, wish he would I wish he would quit. I mean him him and Bert together in basketball is fun to listen to. Him and Tim together in football is almost like I don't know. I'd rather And of course it's been so bad. Yeah. And Tim yeah. Priest, you can just tell I mean at least Tim he Priest cares. At least be, he cares. He played there. He, of course he does. But like it's um I don't know. Bob's the it's bad when Gary and Vern out call you on a play like that. Because I hate Tennessee. They're anti-balls anyway. But 
they call it better than you do. Like that's your moment right there. That's the biggest play that in the last five, ten years, and uh, and a uh, uh, once in a ever twenty twenty five year kind of play. And you that's that's your call. Go crazy, and you blow it. Mm. I mean, I couldn't imagine. <clears throat> oh, baby, as Craig <laughs> says, that would be like do something. Let's go. Yeah. Um, a couple other sporting things I want to talk about. The U.S. men's national soccer team played their first game of the 2019 calendar year and got a win versus uh, Panama in a friendly game held, I think it was last Sunday night. And uh, they'll have another game tomorrow, Saturday, I believe, against Costa Rica. I'm a big soccer fan. been following the U.S. men's national team since 1994. Was it the last year they were good? No, they've never been good. I started to say they've been struggling right lately. That <clears throat> new coach, or but that was when the the World Cup was held in the United States, and I was a 16, 14, 15 year old kid, and I just I watched it on television, fell in love with soccer, and been watching them ever since. And they've never been that good. The women's they've, they've had a couple of good games. They had a good run in the early two thousands. Uh, yeah, the women's soccer. Now they lost a game here recently for the first time in like. Uh, yeah. Six, seven, eight months. Years, yeah, but uh, yeah, the men's team is not good right now. But you book it by twenty twenty six, they're going to be one of the top teams in the in not the, not in the country <laughs> in the country in the world because they've when, got a lot of great young talent. Is that when the World Cup comes back? Comes to America? back to That's America. What I thought. It comes to like is L A. that's hosting? Uh, there's a host nation. They, yeah, it's, it's a, a host it's nation. Sites. Well, it, it's actually the first time ever, and well, it may not be the first time ever, but the first time. A joint host between the U.S., Canada, and Mexico are all three so North America, jointly kind of hosting. The majority of the games will be in uh, in the United States. Nashville most likely will get uh, game. Yeah, they. No matter who's playing, I think it'd be a good good thing to go. I'm to. not. I'm not. I'm ignorant to soccer, kind of, but um, I always see the Nashville crowd show out down there. It doesn't matter who's playing. Like they get like Manchester United or something, mm-hmm. Manchester City a couple years ago. Yeah, I went to like that everybody game. went. Manchester City and yeah, just everybody goes. For fun. Can't I say the other team's name. Oh, yeah, it must have been. They're the anti. They're the <laughs> the arch rival of my favorite team. So. <laughs> I understand. I understand. Um, like but um, so uh, that was uh, what's happened in soccer recently, and uh, I'm a big tennis fan. The what? Australian Open was held. You're so well over the uh, last couple of weeks, and uh, my favorite player. He's left-handed. I'm a left-handed guy, so. Rafael Nadal, he fell in the final to Novak Djokovic. They got a nice little rivalry. Oh, they got a great rivalry. Um, this was a, a great little fact about. Um, this was the forty sixth, well forty seventh time that the number one player and the number two player seated in the tournament met each other in the finals of a men's uh, slam final, and the other forty six times, number one had won twenty three times. Number two had won twenty three times. Good. That's pretty good. So now number one won, and yeah. he's got a. They have a slight edge. So uh, I went. I went. I to ask you this, and we'll cover it here because it's sport related. Kyler Murray. Did you see this interview with Dan Patrick? He did. I think it was today. Mm-hmm. So he goes on Dan Patrick's show. You know, obviously he's the baseball quarterback, whatever, and he's doing this thing with Gatorade and Super Bowl. What do you think the number one question people are asking him would be? You know, he's a quarterback, and got, he's got to deal with the A's. He's got the decision to make. What do you think they're asking? What, which which what, sport what are you going to do? Which right? sport are you going to take? So, yeah. they, uh, Dan Patrick just said, hey, uh, so uh, you going to be at the combine? I don't know. 
And this guy may be the number one pick in the draft, you know, but they want to know if he's going to play football or baseball. If he's going to play football, I'll be number one. And he's over here just, and like he's like, well, I'll ask your dad. Dad's going to be the draft. He's like, no comment. And then he's like, so are spring training with the A's is whatever. Are you going to be at spring training? No comment. And I'm like, dude, like, pick, you better pick something because what's going to happen is both of them are going to crap on you. Mm-hmm. You know, what if the A's back out and then. Can he be the next primetime, the next Bo, Bo Jackson? Can he do both? I don't think he's that good. It's, uh, I don't I don't really know if he's be that a, good. But. I don't I mean, I've never seen him play baseball. I've seen him play football. He says he's great. Obviously, he's number nine pick or whatever. But, um, I mean. You, I mean, Dion did Have that. Have you seen the new 30 for 30? No. no I want to watch it, too. I've, I haven't I've seen it. A, That's what I've made me think of list. it. I've got it on my list of things to watch about Dion there. Uh, but, I mean, you got to think think about it. If you missed OTAs, and, or you'd have to cut OTAs in minicamp as a rookie, and then you miss all that baseball time, and then you jump back into baseball, and then come back, you know, if you don't make the postseason and, and play football, you're behind there, and you're a quarterback. You're going to be a franchise quarterback. I think that's why the, they want to know, what are you doing? Uh, but he he hurt himself today. I think that's very tough, and uh, you got to you got to make a decision, Kyle Murray. Let's go. Well, uh, I think it's time now to do a new segment. We're gonna we're gonna do a top five segment. Uh, hopefully, starting with this uh, podcast and moving on into the future. Today's top five topic will be favorite sports, and we'll talk with each other's top five and kind of go back and forth and see uh, what we like and dislike about them. So. Josh, give me your top five favorite sports. You want to go one through five or yeah. five to one? Oh, I'll go five to one. Okay. Um, number five is a, only a certain time of year, the NHL playoff time. Again, I mean, it's just you can't watch it during the season. It really doesn't matter. But playoff hockey, whoo, Nashville, Vegas. Oh, we were in Vegas the other night, and uh, it was Wednesday, my birthday. And um, guess who was in town? Fred's. Mm. I was hoping to go, but got derailed there. Number four, same kind of the same thing. NBA playoff time. Can't watch it in regular season. Christmas Day, I can watch NBA on Christmas Day. Opening night. Outside of that, give me opening night, Christmas Day, and then uh, late April, or I guess early April, to the end of June or middle or first week of June. NBA playoffs, great great sport. Then number three, the NFL. It's, it's number three for a reason because number two and number one are unbeatable. But NFL, they I think they overpaid these guys too much. But it's still a fun game. We got we talked about it when we opened up. Got to clean up the officiating, but um, still a fun game. Number two, college basketball. The parity in college basketball is unlike anything else. Um, you've got number one Tennessee almost losing the on the road to terrible Vanderbilt or not, and that can happen to anybody. Um, but number one is probably your number one, too. I would think, maybe, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It may surprise me, but it's college football. It's got, I mean, it's the, I don't know. There's nothing like college football. I can watch college football if it's Tennessee Tech and Sanford playing, or if it's the biggest, you know, LSU number one, or LSU number two and Alabama number one kind of game, uh, you know, the national championship, whatever. I'm always glued to it from late August to. The first week of January, second week of January, whatever it is, college football's on. I'm watching it. Doesn't matter. Um, all right, let's let's do my top five here, and then we'll discuss the differences. So my top five, starting five to one. Number five, NFL. Ooh, you come in low there. Number number five, Ooh. NFL. Uh, it it is it's it's okay to watch, but 
my big thing about football is it takes way too long to play. Yeah, that's true. There's so much, and especially if you're at the stadium, those, oh, those no. commercial breaks <laughs> it is terrible. just yeah, kill me. That. I yeah. just cannot stand it. Yeah, and the clientele at an NFL game, you know, is totally different than a clientele at a college uh, football yeah. game. <laughs> and, of course, they're a lot more intoxicated at an <laughs> NFL game. So, I, you know, watching it on television is better because you can get up and do things between commercial breaks and the extremely long halftime, which is way too long. Especially this, like, this Sunday. Oh, oh, God, that's just terrible, terrible. I mean, you get up and mow the yard in the <laughs> halftime this Sunday. <laughs> but NFL, it, it gets exciting in the playoffs, as most things do. They get exciting in the playoffs. But, uh, yeah, it's got to come in number five for me. Number four, college basketball. Ooh. March Madness is great because it's a one-and-done thing. You know, any team can beat almost any yeah, team yeah. on that given day. 64 best teams or whatever, yeah. 68 now. You know, it's it, it it's so exciting, especially that Thursday and Friday of the first week, you know, when yeah, it's yeah, still when 64 it's, yeah, teams yeah. in it and it's little guys beating the big guys. 16 and, beat one last oh, year for the first time it, ever. You know, let's hope that don't happen again with Tennessee this no, year. No, I hope it's know. Duke. <laughs> that's all it was. You know, if, if that happens, I'm just glad it wasn't Tennessee. Yeah, you know, this that's year, a, the first that's time Tennessee thing right there. Is, <laughs> definitely. But, so, yeah, college basketball is great. Uh, and so I just mentioned this. My number three one is tennis. I've been watching tennis since the early, probably the late 80s, early 90s, when I was 10 years old, and Pat, and Pat McEnroe. John, John McEnroe. And uh, Yvonne Lindell and some of those guys. And then it came with all the Americans. I mean, I'm a big American fan. You know, I like watching U.S. sports, Olympics, that kind of stuff. All these American guys. Jim Courier, uh, Pete Sampras, Andre Agassi. The Americans dominated the 90s. And that's when I started really watching sports. And then Andy Roddick came in in 2000. And if it hadn't been for Roger Federer, Andy Roddick would have four or five extra majors. He's only got the one. Mm -hmm. But he just could not. He couldn't beat Federer. And Federer's... He's the best player of all time. Yeah. Who couldn't beat Rafael Nadal, who's one of the best players of all time, who now can't beat Novak Djokovic, who's one of the best players of all time. But there's just something about tennis. It's the only sport of the major sports where it's you against the other guy across the net. Nobody else can help you. It's, That's it's true. illegal to get coached during a tennis match. And tennis matches – you know, I'm talking about NFL being way too long. Some yeah, tennis matches long. are five hours long. Yeah. You know, it's an hour per set sometimes. And they recently installed a shot clock for tennis matches where they've Kinda got 20 seconds between. And Nadal was one of the worst ones ever. He would take 30, 40 seconds. But anyway, tennis can be so enthralling. They, they can make, you know, so many just amazing shots. And a guy can get down. And then he can come back. And, you know, it's just. It's a momentum sport. Too. What can you dig down deep? You know, and pull out of yourself to beat the guy across the net. You know, and there'll be ups and downs and lulls, and it's just. And then I, I remember watch. I watched this over three days a couple of years ago, more like five or ten years ago, at Wimbledon, the longest match ever. You know, five sets. The first four sets they have a tiebreaker. In the fifth set, no tiebreaker. You have to win by two. John Isner beat a guy. I remember that seventy yeah, yes, 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 to yes. sixty-eight. In the fifth set, it that. took three days. I that. That's amazing. Yeah, so tennis, that. tennis to me is my number three sport. I love to watch it four times a year, especially because there's the four, four majors. Slams, yeah. But you know, I do love to watch some of the other matches. But the four Grand Slams are are uh, are, are excellent, excellent sporting events to watch. And my number two is college football. 
It's great. I've been watching it since I was a tiny little kid. Well, watching it ain't the right word. The reason I like college football <laughs> is John Ward. Yeah. If it had been Bob Kessling when I was six, seven years old, I probably wouldn't care about it. My kids don't care I about college football. That's why the younger football. Yeah, I started saying, well, that's my, why. I, I try to get them to watch it with me, but they'd rather go play Xbox. They'd rather do yeah. whatever else they could do. I've got girls, and there's it just still. It doesn't really interest them. That. Now, going to a game is different. They like going to the game. They like getting out and doing it, and the experience and everything. It's great. Seeing the band walk through. All um, I, I will say, though, like, Jocelyn, my oldest, is like, I think because we're so close and I get, and everything, because I care so much about it, she does kind of care about it too. Like the big plays, uh, the Hail Mary against mm. Kentucky this year, you know, kind of went crazy. And she's gone crazy too, so it makes me feel good. Go ahead, sorry. So uh, college football, my, my number two sport, it, it is an excellent sport to watch. But, again, the downside, too much downtime. Yeah. College football games take longer than NFL games. Yeah, it's just too much, too much downtime. They've got to do something about it. It bores me to death sometimes. Just sitting there. They go to two halves. You know, uh, go two halves system like basketball does. I think they and my number one sport is soccer. And my biggest plus for soccer, the clock doesn't stop. You can't take a commercial break. You can't take a time. I will say that I do like that part of it. You start and you stop. At the time it's supposed to start. Now, they do a little injury time, time at the time end. Like that, yeah. But that's my biggest thing. So my number one sport is soccer. I've, I've been I've been a fan of it almost as long as college football. Um, the World Cup is amazing to watch. I watch the World Cup. You know, it's it's Man, it's so exciting, and some of the stuff those guys can do. My my little kid, he's a big soccer guy, and we practice you know some soccer moves and stuff. And he's he's pretty good. He ain't great, but he's pretty good at it. Just some of the stuff those guys can do with the ball. Is amazing. They can't use their hands, and they're so coordinated with their feet. It's a it's a really really amazing game. It's very mental. Um, you was talking about NHL. I see a lot of similarities in NHL and soccer. The, oh, definitely. The yeah, stuff moves. Of, it moves very similar. Yeah, the pace of play is very similar. But I just never have gotten into NHL. I think was, have you ever went? Have you I've went to a couple of games, see, and that's great. Yeah, it's they, like the I arena think football that's why league. I like it so much. I could not watch arena football on television, yeah, but going to a game is pretty pretty interesting. I think that's why I like hockey and I, the atmosphere of the hockey game. Is sure, like, oh, totally, oh, totally different. Like when you get other fans and like they're not like, being able to see the puck. I think is the big drawback. Yeah, I think it's tough. Yeah. yeah, but like you know, I said over here at home games, I sit on the other side. Yeah, I don't really say much ever, but if I if that's a hockey game, like you don't want to be the opposing fan. They will absolutely trounce you down there. So that's uh, and a lot of you know I've went to the Nashville USL soccer games. A lot of the big time hockey fans have embraced this soccer thing, and they've got some of the same chants. Oh god! You know it's all your fault. It's all your fault. So. Uh, that's the best chant in sports. I'm <laughs> telling you, that's the best chant in sports. If they do it over here at the student section to some kid that fouls uh, fouls them on a big buzzer, but that'd be great. That would be awesome. Yeah. But now I heard I've heard them do the uh, I believe that we will win, which is a soccer yeah, chant. Yeah, yeah. I've heard them do that a few yeah. times. Yeah. But uh, and then so you you had one on yours that I cannot stand. <laughs> I know where you going, yeah. And that is NBA. Th- why? Why don't you? Like I just NBA? cannot stand it. I, if if I'm watching Sports Center or any sporting thing and they talk about NBA, I just I just tune it out. This is just dramatic. It just, it's like I'm, yeah, it just it, it's a very they're very diva ish. Yeah, all ever player seems to be now. Uh, college basketball, high school basketball, it's fine. I can watch it, but and in in NBA they score way too much. 
you know, 100 points is regular. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. And they walk constantly with the ball. He's in the hardened step where he does this whole, like, he takes three steps backwards. And they're like, oh, that's a, they call that, it's only in the NBA, it's called a zero step. Come on. I'm like, what is that? That's a walk. It's a walk. It's a zero step. It's only in the NBA. If they would call a game like they do high school and college. They'd score 70 points. It would be much better. And it just, it just irks me. I think it's, I think it's because it's entertaining. Sure, sure. I agree. That's what they're doing. LeBron, LeBron James, the best basketball player in the world right now. And if they called a walk every time he touched it, he probably never scored. And palming the basketball. And that started, you know, years ago. And now you see it. It's constant. There's hardly a a person that plays high school basketball that doesn't carry the basketball. Yeah. Love Shelby Taylor to death. Shelby carried it for first down every time she touched it. It was always coming over. And people used to complain, complain, complain. They never called it because that's the way the game is. Yeah, that that. So that's that's my take on Where, the. Where's Major League Baseball? Neither one of us. I used to love oh, it. No, I can't. I used to love it, man. I can't. I've went to games before, and you, have you ever watched the Field of Dreams? Mm-hmm. You know where he goes to the game and he keeps a scorecard. Mm-hmm. I used to do that. Really? I used to go to games. I was at UT played in a the UT baseball team twenty years ago played in a, a college sectional game or play into the yeah, World Series good. game. Yeah, they were, we used to be good. And I sat in the outfield and I got me a little scorecard and I was doing it and everybody around me was like, what are you doing, dude? What, you know, show me what you're doing. You know, everybody was just so into what I was doing. And that's better. I guess I'd learned that from when I coached, uh, yeah. Yeah. you know, some soccer, or not soccer, some uh, softball, softball and yeah. stuff like that here. But um, baseball, man, I used to love, I think the strike in the 90s kind of did me in on Major yeah. League Baseball. But I don't know. I'm just out on baseball because of the way, like, I'm not a fan of the way they do the Hall of Fame. And um, the players are keeping out. I understand steroids and whatever. But it happened. And it it's happened. A part of, like, you can't tell Barry me. Barry Bonds deserves. He was, a, he was a Hall of Famer before he started he using up. absolutely deserves to So, be I mean, you can't tell me he doesn't deserve to be in. Pete Rose deserves Pete Rose to has be. to go in. Roger Clemens has to go. All these guys. Put them in. Put, a, put them in their own section for whatever yeah. I care. I don't care. Put an asterisk next to their name. Put an asterisk next to their name. Pete Rose is one of the best baseball players ever in the history. Yeah, to ever play the game at all. And so, he's not in because he – they can't prove it either. Yeah. They've never been able to prove it. That's just dumb. That, that was just a power struggle between him and yep. whatever his name was. That was yep. the uh, commissioner, yep. Bud Selig. Yeah, it was just, that's just nuts. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just not a big baseball fan anymore. I'm a bit, it, I, it would be number six on mine, I think. If, I, if I had to put a 16. I would probably just go to high school sport after those five. It would be – you know, and I used to like to watch NASCAR, but man, that's went downhill. The rules are the rules oh, suck, yeah. and the drivers. Uh, that me, I think you and I with with enough training could drive one of those. Oh, but yeah. There's no Earnhardt out there anymore. It sees air and this moves cars and this, you know, Rusty Wallace. Bill Elliott was my guy growing yeah, up. Yeah, Bill Elliott. Yeah, that was. I, I, I watch Chase Elliott now yeah. just because it's Bill's son. Yeah, Dad was a huge Bill Elliott fan, and so I was too, and uh, until he retired, and I went to Dale Junior. But um, yeah, those guys, you know, um, Terry Labonte, Bobby Labonte, all those guys, Dale Earnhardt, they were so good at what they, and they made it fun. And then, because I'm a redneck, you know, somebody wrecks somebody, and going, they're ready to fight in the infield. Let's oh, go. yeah, that, that was great. And then now it's just like, oh, don't touch them. It's just this diva stuff, man. I, I would say in the top ten of mine would be UFC. I really like that. I love me some – okay, so if we're going there, though, I'll replace everything, and I'll just go to WWE at the top. <laughs> I love going – I love going – I love watching. I know it's. I it's tried not, to get my kids. It's into not it. fake. I don't want to hear it. It's scripted. <laughs> there's a difference. Oh, you can definitely get hurt. I and mean. there's a lot of. I took these kiddos 
I took my three sisters and and Jocelyn back in uh, December. It's the second time for me and Jocelyn, but uh, third time for me to a live event in Nashville. They're so athletic. It's nuts. And uh, it's just, if they, uh, so I love it about number one. I love watching the pay-per-views and Lesnar in the WWE and Ronda Rousey in the WWE. UFC's up there, too. Yeah, I think it's growing in popularity. I think being on ESPN Plus maybe should help mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, there's another one on tomorrow night. Yeah. Uh, UFC fight night. So yeah, I was, the more exposure it gets, the better it'll get. Boxing's a dying sport. But it, anytime, it I think we talked about this last time, anytime Floyd fights, Big I'm deal. watching Floyd. So, but, they don't, I mean, he's 41 years old. His time's done. So, yeah, I, Good little fight. I can't do soccer for a long time, though. I do the World Cup and the Olympics, but if it's, I don't know, like Manchester United, Manchester City, whatever, I have no clue about any of that. Premier League's great, man. It, it's the best players in the world, um, and it's the best the best soccer, and they've got some, just the way NBC Sports has took that on NBC Sports Network yeah. and done a, they've done a really good job. It comes on at a good time to watch it, too, right when you get up in the morning. You know, seven, eight, nine o'clock. These games on. You can sit, eat breakfast. You know, drink your coffee, and and really enjoy. And it's it's a cult thing. You know, I tell you, the best thing to do is go down to Nashville. Every Premier League team that's a big team yeah. has a pub yeah. in Nashville. And I went into to the set in the Arsenal's. It's Fleet Street Pub in uh, Printer's Alley. Saw some of those games and how passionate those people are. Uh, it's 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 really it's really amazing. I think it's only going to grow in the United States. One, one more before we leave this segment: golf with Tiger. I like mm-hmm. golf with Tiger. Tiger. I like to watch no. golf only on Sundays. Though. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Sunday, yeah. Tiger in the, Tiger on the board, chasing the lead or in the lead. I'm watching. It's like Tiger watch for me. Yeah, golf's kind of like basketball. It's great. You turn on a basketball game the last two minutes. It's entertaining. Yeah. But, you know, the three days leading up to that is kind of like, the, <laughs> you know, the 40 minutes, the 48, 50 minutes, whatever yeah. it is, leading up to the two minutes and end of a basketball I'm game. You. I'm with you. Yeah, Tiger on Sunday is great. Yeah, that'd be mine. I'll... So, well, I think that'll do it for this uh, segment on the Hog Eye Sports Show, and we'll be back to talk some Livingston Academy basketball right after this. Thank you for listening to the Hog Eye Sports Show. That last segment took a lot out of us so we need a few minutes to regroup and get ready for the next segment. Okay, I think we're ready. Now back to the show. And we're back on the Hog Eye Sports Show, and in this segment, we're going to discuss Livingston Academy basketball games that were played since our last episode up to and including the most recent game versus Watertown. So the first game that was played since our last episode was recorded was on Tuesday, January 22nd, 2019, and it was the last away game for Livingston Academy in the regular season. The Livingston Academy teams traveled to Smithville, Tennessee to take on DeKalb County. The Livingston Academy girls uh, came into this contest with DeKalb County with a 2-6 and six district record. DeKalb County had a 6-2 and two district record, and DeKalb got off to a good start. Uh, led at the end of the first quarter, 19 to 12, and led at the end of each quarter, and won the game over Livingston by a final score of 61 to 49. In the previous meeting, uh, Livingston lost also to DeKalb County, so DeKalb gets the season sweep over the Lady Wildcats. 
the the game actually clo- closed up a little bit in the second quarter. Livingston got it to within uh, seven points at the end of the second quarter at halftime. But DeKalb County went on a big run to open the third quarter, got the lead out to like 13, and that's what the lead was at the end of the third quarter. Uh, Livingston played hard, though. Qualls hit a three to cut the DeKalb County lead to six midway through the fourth quarter. And then Qualls hit a two-pointer on their next Livingston Academy possession to cut it all the way down to four points. So they they played tough there in the second half, but were not able to uh, come away with a win. DeKalb pulls away and wins by double digits. Leading scorers for the Livingston Academy girls in this game, Emily Jean was not the leading scorer. Susanna Hayes had 12 <laughs> points. <laughs> and Emily Jean was second with nine points. Webb and Qualls each had eight. Cronk with seven. Colson with three. And Shaw with two to give Livingston Academy their total of 49 in that game. So Livingston played hard, but once again comes up on the losing end. Moving on to the boys game that night. The Livingston County boys came in to this game with a 6-2 and two district record, and DeKalb County had a 2-6 and six district record, which is just flip-flop of what the girls' yeah. records were. And DeKalb played really well in this game. Really, really well. Really should probably have won this game. Yeah. I mean, they, they were hustling, just made shot after shot after shot. Uh, so the boys, Livingston County boys, trailed. At the end of the first three quarters, they trailed 12 to 17 at the end of the first, 32 to 34 at halftime, and trailed 52 to 56 at the end of the third quarter. Now, Livingston had previously wiped the floor with the Cab County. Yeah, they beat them 83 to 56 back in December. So, um, in the third quarter, Livingston started playing better. And Ayers actually gave Livingston a lead at 37-36 to 36 early in the third quarter. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the third, the Cavs still in, in the lead. And uh, it wasn't until late in the fourth quarter that Livingston come back and, and got close. Sales hit a three with about two minutes left to go in the fourth quarter to bring Livingston to within one point. And then, there he is again, Sales hit another three to give Livingston uh, their first lead since the early of the third quarter. But the cab didn't go away. They kept playing hard. And Jones had to come up with a big three to tie the game at 74 with 20 seconds left. And that pushed it to overtime when Sales stole the ball to prevent DeKalb County from getting off a last-second shot. So this game had to go to overtime. And in overtime... Livingston came away with the win, 80-78. to 78. Cody Ray hit some big free throws in overtime to give Livingston the win. Now, this was a big win for one special reason. This was Jimmy Miller's 200th win as Livingston Academy boys basketball coach. Don't know the, the overall records, but I would say he's probably one of the fastest to get oh, to 200 yeah, wins. Without question. He's, been, he's done such a great job here. Such a great job. So, big win for the L.A. boys to give them a 7-2 and two record in the district. That was the final road game of the regular season. Thank you, Jesus. So, Livingston came back to the friendly confines of Durbin Vaughn Memorial Gym on Friday, January 
the 25th to face off against Smith County. And both Smith County teams not doing so well on the season. Uh, Livingston girls actually came in with a better district record than the Smith County girls. Uh, they had one more win on the season in district play than Smith County did. But at the end of the night, their district records were tied because the Livingston Academy girls let this game uh, slip away and lost 39-46 to at the end of the game. Previously, Livingston had defeated Smith County 34-32, to and Livingston started out great. They got out to a 9 to nothing lead to begin the game. Uh, it was very close within the second and third quarters. You know, it was basically the game was a two point game the whole yeah. the whole second and third quarter. Um, Emily Jean hit a, a three at the end of the the second quarter to give Livingston a lead at halftime, nineteen to seventeen. And in the fourth quarter, Livingston had a five point lead at one point in time, thirty to twenty five, and then six straight from Smith County to let them get back on top. Uh, big technical foul called on Smith County coach in the fourth quarter. Not Coach Bibb. Yeah, coach Bibb got Not him Coach Bibb. He leads got the, him I won. think he leads the state in technical <laughs> fouls this year. I heard that. Don't um, late, in the, late in the fourth quarter, Qualls fouled out, and Livingston uh, couldn't break the Smith County press. They, I don't know if they, just what the reason was, but Smith County turned up the pressure, and Livingston just couldn't. They had several turnovers in a row. Um Smith County hit free throws to win the game. That, that's basically the difference. Uh, a couple of things about, about this uh, this night. Um, Coach Riddle, I guess this was at the end of the girls' game. No, that would have been – yeah, this is at the end of the girls' game. She was presented with a, uh, a plaque and a commemorative basketball for setting the all-time wins record as a Livingston Academy girls' head coach and many – not several, many of her former players were on hand to celebrate this uh, this great milestone that she's got. Speaks volumes, you know. Coaches, or players don't come back for coaches they don't like. So she's done a great job. I said uh, I put on Facebook, hang a ba- hang a banner. She deserves <clears> one, <throat> you know. At some point when she decides it's her time to get out, is um, yeah, it's just great, great on the school ground. Uh, I call him Coach Melton. As far as the principal of the school and getting her recognized and and for her players to come back, um, you know, make it special for her, um, I'm sure she enjoyed that. Oh yeah, it was a very emotional moment. Um, yeah. So in the game, uh, Emily Jean was the leading scorer for Livingston Academy, 16 points. Wow. No other player for the uh, Wildcats was Scoring. in double digits. There's a few scores, but <laughs> there's a lot of low scores. Hayes was the next highest with six points. Jean hit a lot of threes in this game. She only had three points at halftime and come up big in the second half. Yeah, I had to. Come up very big in the second half. So, um, moving on to the boys' game on Friday, January 25th. Livingston Academy boys came in against winless Smith County. They do have a win, but it's a forfeit. So, really, he didn't want to count it. So, really, it's winless. They struggled early, didn't they? They they did struggle early. and Smith County had played Upperman close in the previous game. Yeah. Only lost by six points. So they started playing better. Uh, at the end of the first quarter, Livingston County was behind by a point, 9-10. to 10. And then they, they kind of put it in gear after that. They was up by eight at the end of the second quarter. And then in the third and fourth quarter, just pulled away. Um, 
Sales was presented with a 1,000-point ball before this game started, after he had scored his 1,000th point. And also at halftime of this game, uh, the 1999 Livingston Academy Girls State Championship team was recognized. It's a great 20-year reunion for them. Uh, but Livingston Academy came away with an easy win over Smith County by a final score of 65-39. to Sales led the way with 19 points. Cody Ray had... 14, McDonald 13, and Ayers with 11, so four players in double digits. Coleman had four, Jones and Carwile had two to give Livingston their total of 65 points. This win also put Livingston in a three-way tie with Upperman and York at the top of the standings. But we still got some basketball games to get through before we look at those. So moving on to a game that was canceled for, not canceled, moved. For the great snowstorm of 2019, you'll always remember where you were during the great snowstorm of Mm -hmm. 2019. Mm -hmm. Um, It was uh, a thing to remember, definitely. Never seen so much. I was in Chattanooga, and I saw the only thing white was the road of salt. (laughs) That's all it was. So normally games are played on Tuesdays and Fridays. The Livingston Academy-Macon County games were played on Monday, January 28, 2019, due to the threat of inclement weather. Threat. Threat is the correct <laughs> word to use there. So, uh, Livingston Academy versus Macon County. Macon County is one of the top teams in District 8AA. And Cronk come up big in the game. She, uh, she was the leading scorer. She had the first five points for Livingston Academy to start off the game. Um, but, uh, you know, Macon County is a really good team. Livingston trailed pretty much the entire game, and lost by a final score of 43-60. to 60. Uh, Kronk, like I said, was the leading scorer with 14. Next highest score was Colson with 8, Gene with 6, Hayes with 5, Webb with 4, Qualls with 3, Hammonds with 2, and Shaw with 1 to give Livingston Academy their total. Um, it seems like there's always someone new being the high scorer for this girls' team. They don't have that go-to player. I think she's sitting on the bench for the torn ACL. Yep. <laughs> but this team better figure out who the go-to player is because uh, she ain't going to be there She ain't coming year. back next year. And right? it's the same group of people. So that, That's true. So the uh, Livingston Academy boys versus their uh, nemesis, Macon County. I told the guy sitting at the scoring table, how much you want to bet this game goes to overtime? <laughs> <laughs> And, but it didn't. Yeah, did it not go. To, go did not go to overtime. And Livingston Academy faced off against Macon County, and the game was close for most of the game. Uh, Livingston was trailing at halftime, thirty-two to thirty-six. Uh, Macon County got their first lead in the first quarter and, and kept it for quite in the second quarter and kept it for most of the second quarter and the third quarter. Uh, but Livingston, at the end of the third, pulled away, uh, got out to a twelve-point lead at the end of the third quarter. And won by double digits, seventy-four to sixty. Sales and Rabe each had twenty-six total points. Tough. McDonald came in with fourteen, Ayers with four, and Jones with four, to give Livingston their total of seventy-four points on the night. I don't know if you noticed it tonight or not, but starting with the Macon County game, I believe. Starting with the Macon County game. Might have been starting with the Smith County game. I'm not remembering, but uh, 
Did you notice that no points were put on the uh, side for, for the boys? I don't know who runs that clock. Well, well uh, the guy who run it was told not to put up any point totals for the boys. <laughs> what? Is this a coaching move? Coaching move. Coaching okay. move. Just uh, don't get and to it, it is, kind of thing. Uh, team thing. Yes, it's a team building thing, and it is upsetting some fans. Let me just tell you that. I heard it on the like a couple behind me. It's like, uh, why they put up? They like the visiting team more. What's going on here? And I yeah. heard that. Like, and I was like, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know the guy. So, uh, it's it's. I've had some people come down there and say, why aren't you putting up the scores for the boys? I'm like, look, I'm just doing what I'm told. <laughs> oh. This job don't pay that good. So leave me alone. <laughs> Mike Johnson and Jim Miller in the parking lot fighting afterwards. I, I do want to mention that uh, the Livingston County boys in Macon County game, it got really chippy in the third and fourth quarter. A lot of pushing, a lot of tripping, um, just some things, you know, that uh, you, don't want to see. you don't really want to see. But no. but uh, Livingston fo- uh, persevered and won the game by 14 points. Good little basketball rivalry there. It, it is. and. It uh, is. Macon County's a well-coached team. Oh, yeah. Uh, both boys and girls. Coach does a great job. And uh, they may not have the athletes they need this year. Of course, they lost a great one last year. Yeah. Uh, Carlisle. Yeah. But, uh, everything. yeah, they, they started out great. but They've seemed to plateaued maybe a little bit this year. Yeah, I think you see how the district standings will get to that. So, uh, moving on to the most recent game, Livingston Academy versus Watertown. This was homecoming. For the Livingston Academy teams, they had their homecoming festivities before the game. And Livingston Academy girls played okay. Um, they hung with Watertown most of the game, but just never could seem to uh, get the shots they needed to, to really put them over the hump. Uh, in the first quarter, Emily Jean was hot. She got the first five points for Livingston Academy. And at the end of the first quarter, it was a two-point game, 15-17. to 17. But then Watertown goes on a 9 to nothing run at the end of the first, start of the second quarter to go up 24-15. Uh, to 15. Uh, Seemed like Livingston shot too many three-pointers and just settled for three-pointers that didn't go in. Yeah, I put uh, on my – I just took little notes here because it's only – I mean, I don't I see them play a lot being gone. But um, – They've got to figure out what the difference is between a good shot and a bad shot. And I used to ask my kids, is that a good shot, bad shot, why? And, boy, on that 9-0 run, when you're out there jacking the worst shot or the first shot that you get, um, man, you got to be patient. You're, we, you touched on a minute ago, best score is probably on the bench with an ACL. you got to know that and know what, know what your job is. I mean, I, I'm not asking anybody to go score 20. I don't think she is either. Um, but if your job is to get in and beat and bang, you got to do your job. If that results in a layup and a, you know and one or whatever, then great. But yeah, just too many boneheaded decisions there in that run right there. That's what that Watertown team's not. I mean, pros in the pudding, they're not very good. Yeah, Livingston beat them earlier this year. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a game. I feel like Livingston just give away, and uh, you can continue with your scores. So yeah, uh, to start the third quarter, Livingston uh, did really well. They went on an eleven to five run mm-hmm. to cut the the uh, Watertown lead down to just two points. Mm-hmm. And in the fourth quarter, they, they hung with them. Uh, they made a late run. Uh, Kronk hit a couple of threes mm-hmm. to get it back to a six-point game with about a minute left. And uh, Phipps came in off the bench and hit two free throws yeah. to make it a four-point game 
with 11.4 seconds to go. A little drama. Wound up being uh, Livingston Academy losing by a score of 57 to 63, but it was close there to the end. If they, you know, things could have went right, a turnover or two, they could have made a game out of it. Yeah, like I said, bad shots are turnovers. Yes, well, I mean, when you're talking about when it just was handed the other thing over to the other team, you know, again, coming back to kind of what you said about your score, um, I watched the team, and I, I've said it all year, they're just young and very inexperienced. And, I, and tonight, sitting there just thinking and taking it in, trying to be outside looking in. They look like a team, and it can make anybody mad or whatever they want to be. But if if Les calls a play, they have to run that play. They have to for their own sake, not because she's wanting them to. They have to run that play from option one to option whatever it is six. And if they get if they don't score off of it, they have no clue what's next. They don't have a kid that's going to go get their own shot. That's a big deal in in girls basketball and in basketball in general, and that is. I don't know. I thought for a little while it might be uh, Gene to start the game. Well, uh, oh, let, we let, let's talk about the leading scores. Leading score tonight, or in the game versus uh, Watertown, which was tonight when we were recording yeah, this, uh, uh, Webb with 14. And then two players that have have really stepped up here a lot recently that have been scoring a lot of points for Livingston Academy is Emily Jean with 12 and uh, Haley Cronk with 11. So three players in double digits. Um and and two, you know, Webb's Webb's been playing you know, pretty good all year. Mm-hmm. Uh, scored scored well tonight. I don't know what the other district or out of man or up the rest of the district looks like, but she's got to be a, like a candidate for freshman freshman of the year. Of the year I would and think Crouch so. girl at Upman, I guess probably. Yeah. But. but Gene and Cronk also in double figures. Other scores uh, in the game: Hammonds had five points, Shaw and Hayes each with four points, Colson with three, and then Qualls and Phipps with two to give Livingston their total of fifty-seven in the loss versus Watertown. So that's the most recent game for the girls. Let's update the uh, District 8 AA uh, standings up to this point with two games to play for each team. So Upperman is in first place with a 12-0 record. It'll stay that way. The only team that could catch them is Macon County in second place with an 11-1 record. And I don't play again. I guess mathematically, DeKalb County could tie... Uh, if both teams, no, no, they couldn't. No, they couldn't catch. They, could they, could, they could get second. They could get second. But most likely, it'll be Upperman in first, Macon County in second to end the eight double A season. But uh, that's the top two. DeKalb has a nine and three record. They're like, those are the top three because uh, you have York at six and six and four, so they can't. Even just two games remaining, DeKalb could drop both, go nine and five, and York could win both and be eight and six. So, so yeah, that that would definitely be your top. York will most likely stay in fourth place mm-hmm. with a six and six record with two games to play. Cannon could theoretically catch them. They have a mm-hmm. four and eight mm-hmm. record. Um, <clears throat> then at the bottom of District Eight AA, you have three teams with a two and ten record: Livingston, Smith County, and Watertown. Each have a two and ten record. So the next two games pivotal in who the Livingston teams play in the Eight AA district tournament the final two games for Livingston Academy girls will be York at home and Cannon County at home in February 5th and 7th respectively so you don't want to be eight, eighth place I mean you play for pride if nothing else I mean now it's so cliche but I mean I don't know that the Livingston Academy team has ever lost 10 district games I don't know that a Livingston Academy team has ever finished last in the district 
So, uh, do you want to be the first one? I, I played on three football teams that were one and nine. It sucked. And yeah, uh, losing's not fun. Losing sucks. And um, you know, get with it. I mean, I didn't think we played terrible tonight. Just, unt- just the, the hey, you, close game, four point game with eleven seconds yeah. to go. I mean, just you, you're right there. The nine zero run in the second quarter killed you. Of course, yeah. you make a little mini run there in the third, but I mean, you're gonna have to get somebody to, to step up. Or hey, we've had some somebody step up, mm. but there's um, somebody's gonna take leadership over too. Like somebody's gonna get. I would love to see a kid get in somebody else's face. Like, hey, let's let's pick this up. Not not trying to be any bullying or anything like that. Just let's go. Let's mm-hmm. like this is our time. This is we only get one shot at this, you know. Um, love to see them somehow, you know, get a, get a win over York. That'd be big of three and ten, you know, and and cause that with Cannon. I mean, theoretically, now theoretically, if Cannon drops both games, one Livingston and whoever else they play, and Livingston wins both, you could see Livingston as the five. You could, yes. I mean, that's, it's, that's it's not possible. It's not I mean, out so of let's go. possibility. I mean, you know, you you you're there, and they've played. They played the cab close. The cab is going to be number three team. You know, you twelve point loss to Macon. You're there. Just let's keep grinding. You got to keep keep doing what you're asked to do. And and uh, you know, I guarantee you, nobody's going to mad at you if you're just going to make a play. Mm-hmm. You know, let's go. So let's finish up on the boys' side. Uh, Livingston Academy boys versus Watertown. The last game that they have played up to this point. Uh, Livingston started out in the first quarter. It was 16-16 to 16 at the end of the first quarter. And, and then hey, Watertown played good tonight. Yeah, they're good. Uh, Livingston had a 10-point deficit going into halftime, 34-44. to 44. And then they kept playing good. They came out in the third quarter and, and played well. They've got some great shooters. They just drained some threes. I mean, Well coached. Yeah, just uh, – so at the end of the third quarter, Livingston trailed by five points, 51-56. to 56. And then, hey, Livingston stepped up in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. They wanted it more, seems to me. Uh, Cody, I always call him Cody Jones. I had a boy in class named Cody Jones. <laughs> uh, Jones hit a three to tie the game at 62 Cody late Jones. late in the fourth <laughs> quarter. Um, yeah, it's a big three. In the, big three. Oh, the big, there, yeah. big three. The left team opened that dirty in the shooting. They said, okay. Splash. Hey, he, he, he drained it. Nothing but net. Uh, and then Sales hit some free throws to give Livingston their first lead since, I believe, the first quarter, late, that, late in the fourth that, yeah. quarter there. Um, and Livingston came away with a win, big win, 75-71. to 71. It keeps them in the hunt for first place mm-hmm. in District 8 AA regular season. You know, if they'd have just quit there and just gave up. Would have been easy. Uh, yeah, it would have been easy to do because uh, Watford – Watertown was playing great. It's one of those nights you just it felt like for a little while, like, oh, they're just playing that good. I don't think we can. Yeah, I mean, they just got some good inside players, uh, some some really quick, you know. They're tough. They're going to be fun to watch. Watertown's going to be the team that nobody's going to really want to play in the district tournament. Mm-mm. I'm telling you. That was the same way last year. So, uh, something I want to mention, Watertown's coach, <laughs> pretty demonstrative on the sidelines. He, uh, it's a good word for it. He yeah. He gets he gets excited, and late late in the game there. I mean, less than a minute to go, I believe. Some bad something bad happened for the Watertown team, and he yells at one of his kids, and he he even says it. He says double check, and he does the discount double check thing <laughs> across his belt. 
just like the commercial yeah. man and i just i just lost it i thought man that is so hilarious that and the wild thing about the referee who will remain nameless giving the uh, extra shot to the guy oh, for man. Uh, we had a, a student dancing within the lane let me tell you, that's the dumbest thing ever and i was just a i think he I don't know. There was the students did a, did a really good job of getting in the other players' minds, and they did they did, did a good job. And I think that he had probably heard something said or something, so he decided that hey, I'm gonna take over here. This is so dumb. Just let them let them be kids. We got we got we got fans yelling at, at worse things than that kid dancing in the stands. He did his job. I was proud of him dancing in the stands. Give oh, us yeah. a free throw, and it gives him another one. Yeah. So. I've been butt naked up there in the second row. Like, hey, look at me, bub. He's going to throw me out now. Absolutely. So, scorers for Livingston Academy boys versus Watertown. Sales, the leading scorer, once again, with 23. And Cody Ray, he needed 10 points to get into the 1,000-point club. He got 16. Cody Ray, 1K. That's uh, he, he played really well. Once I think... I think it's something like that. Once you hit that milestone, the pressure's off. Let's just go keep it. Oh, but yeah. you know that coming into yeah. it. Uh, Ayers also had 16 points. So, great. So three players for Livingston Academy with uh, double digits and two really, really close to double digits. McDonald and Jones each had nine points, and Hollers came in and scored a bucket in the second half to help Livingston get the win over Watertown. So let's look at the 8AA boys district standings currently. York and Livingston are tied at the top with uh, identical 10 and 2 records. You think that game against York here at Tom Davis? No, Tom, Tom, Tom Davis. Davis <laughs> Derwood Vaughn <laughs> Memorial Gym will be a big game. I think so. Come February. It's next next one. The fifth. The next one, yeah. It's uh, huge implications. I don't know that it matters. I mean, as far as seeding will go. As far uh, it, as, it matters. But it's it, Livingston, York. But it's Livingston, York, and that's for, and that's for the district championship. I mean, obviously, our upper can, can get a piece of it, too, but the winner there more than likely wins the district. Uh, I don't know the last time York boys won the district championship. Uh, I know it hasn't been recently because it's been us or Upman. Mm. Um, so, you know, to get to, to – for York, I mean, got a familiar face coming here to play with us last year for a district championship. And um, – yeah, it's a huge game, and like I said, long term probably doesn't matter much because there's you got to beat them. And you're gonna see probably see them again, you know, in a couple of weeks at this tournament. But boy, that's a that's a rivalry game, and now it's for a little hardware. In, in York's bank, Livingston up at yeah up on the mountain. Yeah, and if I'm Livingston, I mean, if I'm York, I may I, I you can't overlook anybody in a rivalry game, but you got to feel pretty good about your chances to come in here and get a win after destroying us up there. But if you're Livingston, hey, it's all right. It's time. So, uh, so uh, York and Livingston are tied in first at ten and two records. Upperman right on their heels in third place with a nine and three record. So really, you know, if both teams lose a game in the next two games and Upperman sweeps, well, they can't because there's only two games left. Well, so the winner is going to win it outright. Upperman, uh, the loser, and Upperman could finish tied for second. Well, if if it, let, let's say York loses mm-hmm. to Livingston, mm-hmm. and then Livingston loses to Cannon, they would have three losses. Yeah, York I guess would have right, three yeah, losses. Yeah, so it, it, it's feasible that you could either have that's that'd be a, a, that'd be a three-way tie, a two-way tie. Who who knows what you may have to do some arm wrestling just, or thumb just wrestling win. or 
Hey, if it's uh, if it comes down to coaches wrestling, I've got, we us. got we, I've got us. <laughs> I got us, yeah. I've got us. I've seen that bear in the, on the floor. Watertown team that Livingston had some trouble with tonight comes in in fourth place in the district standings at six and six. Wouldn't have thought that at the beginning of the year. No, but I mean they're just Macon they're County seems to be on a slide right now. They're five and seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're tied with Cannon County at five and seven records with two games to play. And then DeKalb County has a three and nine record, and then bringing up the rear, Smith County, winless on the season. If they ever get those oh, Ws, we sent them. Uh, they must have got lost. I, I thought all the Ws. Santa must have uh, dropped them off at the wrong. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Wrong house. It must have been the Gordon's fault. It may have. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. Sorry. So that is a uh, recap of all the games that have been played since our last podcast was recorded. There are two more home games for Livingston Academy. So if you're listening to this and you got nothing to do on February the 5th or February the 7th, it's supposed to be beautiful next week. Yeah. Come on out. You know, don't, don't let the weather, it ain't going to be too cold to get out and drive up here to Livingston Academy High School. Come on out and support the Wildcats and Lady Wildcats as they try to finish out the season on winning notes. Of course, the uh, district tournament will be held once again at Tennessee Tech University uh, the week after next week. So that'll Probably wrap up this segment on the Hog Eye Sports Show, and we'll be back for our last segment on this episode right after this. Thank you for listening to the Hog Eye Sports Show, currently the number one rated Livingston Academy sports podcast. And now back to the show. And we're back on the Hog Eye Sports Show, and in this segment, we're going to mention some. Uh, folks that we think ought to be included in a Hog Eye Sports Hall of Fame. And, of course, there's already a Livingston Academy Football Hall of Fame. So we're going to focus on sports that are not football at Livingston Academy. And, uh, Josh, you sent this out on uh, social media. You got quite a few responses, right? I did, I did yeah. A lot, of, a lot of football responses, and I'll, and I'll put them in there. But I had a, uh, a friend of mine, Mel- Melody Williams, said Danny McCoyne. Uh, which is always an easy. He's already in the he's, Hall of Fame. He's already in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, it's, but I, and I get it. It's all that's the easiest name ever. Sure. I mean, I, played in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, you can't can't deny that. Um, <clears throat> you had four Miss basketball. Same lady said four Miss basketballs. Yeah, Katrina Hudson, which is Katrina Beachboard, Amy Brown, Sunday Watson, and she forgot uh, Mackenzie Sales. But um, Mackenzie's sister Marla chimed in and say. McKenzie Sales of Miss Basketball. I mm. uh, was fortunate enough to be on staff here when she won that. And what a great career she had. Went on to play at Middle Tennessee State. Um, uh, former referee, good friend of mine, Jeremy Tolson. I you know Jeremy, but he said Danny McCoy and Wilson Case. They're both already in. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. Crystal Kingery, great friend of mine, kept just coming at me with them. So Danny McCoy and Tiffany Krantz. Um I have called mine. <laughs> you had a your brother said McCoyne and McCoyne, I don't know which one. And that sophomore basketball player this year, can't remember his name. So uh <laughs> Marley say, go ahead. So stipulation, let's say they can't be a current player to yeah. be put in the Hall of Fame. They have to be at least graduated for a full cycle, four years of uh, you know, no no yeah. contact with the school. And let's just do a round number of five. Let's say they have to be at least five years out yeah, I would agree with before that. you put them in the Hall That's of Fame. That's with the NFL. I think yeah. they have Hall of Fame that way. Roger Ely, the voice, one of the voices of the Wildcats, said Danny McCoy and Amy Brown. 
Why not Roger Ely and Craig Hanson? I said, yeah. Why not Roger and Craig? How about this? He didn't like that comment, I I guess. But on that same comment thread, Kelly Thurman, now Kelly Gray says, Del King. Hey. And I am for that one. Hey, when I was, you know, he's drove and drove, and he don't just drive for football. When I was was the softball coach here, way back in the Stone Age, he drove me everywhere, you know. uh, With a smile on his face and ready to go. And I really enjoyed that, you know. really enjoyed having somebody else, another male person, especially when you're coaching a girl sport, Mm -hmm. having somebody else there. That was kind of big. Yeah. So props to him for helping. uh, He is such a staple of Livingston Academy in general. So uh, he could go in the Livingston Academy Regular Hall of Fame school wise, he's uh, well, this place will miss him when he decides to do something else. Um, Kelly Thurman also said, Misty Garrett, Tiffany Kranz, Andrea Brown, Elizabeth Maxwell, Leslie Smith, Amy Brown, those Brown kids were good, and Paige Smith. And she made a comment with, with women's basketball, there could be several, and that's the truth. I mean, we I've already rattled off a bunch of women's basketball names. My mom said, uh, Richard Melton and Amelia Melton, which is Amelia Adcock. Um, Holds, uh, I think, as far as I know, still holds a state tournament record for assists in a tournament mm. and in a game, I believe. Um, she played on that 96 team. Sunday and Tiffany maybe just passed it to them and scored. Um, <laughs> I think it was a typo when somebody said bubbly, Buzzacaro. <laughs> <laughs> they meant bubby. But it could be bubbly. It might have, it might have been a different hey, how many How many uh, former Livingston Academy athletes have played professional sports? Uh, we, we can... Probably go through and it'll be less than 10. Danny, Bubby. They'd just be two. Danny, Bubby. <laughs> uh, That's the only two I know of. There may be more. Uh, Mike McCoy don't count. He's an astronaut. <laughs> but have played I mean, professional yeah. sports. You know, uh, there's been plenty well, of people who. I, Grant did NFL. Grant did, Grant did NFL. So, and you got to throw him in there. He's a Mr. Football. Yeah, nobody even mentioned his name. All right, well, that's... But, I mean, he's an all-fame up here, so he's already in yeah. it. But I agree. Um, but is that three? Yeah. It's three. I don't know I don't anybody else. A, I don't think of a basketball player. We've never had a basketball player play pro ball. Um, so, yeah. you, you got to have your professional athletes. Yeah, those there. three have to go in there at some point. Which two of them are... Of course, two of them are already in there. Yeah. Let, let, let's stay away from football. Yeah, yeah. So I'm try, I was trying to get out. Like, hey, hey, not football, not football. Um, Ashley Howard... Um, which I have mentioned her name as a pitcher. You had her, mm-hmm. but she said uh, Hannah Beachboard, which you said was Hannah, Hannah Stafford. Stafford. Yes. Um, so that was her nomination. Um, let's see. Somebody said, Crystal Kenry come back and said Danny McCormick. Um, Kaylee uh, Massengill says Abby Miller Jolly. Which Abby Miller Jolly is a thousand point scorer. Went on to play uh, NAIA ball at uh, Cumberland. That's big. Or not Cumberland. Uh, Campbellsville. Campbellsville, yeah. And was in the final four. Got a nice little ring off that. Um, somebody said Cat Nigro, Danny McCoin. I wish we'd forget about Danny sometime. <laughs> uh, Brian Colson uh, got a nomination. And then uh, Melanie Hammock uh, was a two sport athlete. Mm. Uh, Michael, Post- Michael Poston. Duran Allen. Mm. Duran was a pretty good athlete. Him mm. and Matt Hauser together. Kyle Copeland, baseball players yes. there. Um, and then I had an out-of-town friend say, I would take anyone named Sales or Ramsey. <laughs> and he's probably probably pretty good there. You had to, you'd have a good uh, 
good few there right there. Uh, and then uh, he said Tiffany Krantz, which is obvious. Um, so a few few uh, few votes there, good names there. Um, I tried to go for me. I took five. Um, I tried to go away from some people. Of course, some some got them. Uh, I would go Pat Swallows. Oh, you, yeah. He he's already in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he's in the Tennessee Sports Hall. Tennessee, Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame. Sports. Yeah, yeah he's so he's got to be at ours. Uh, fictitious hit Hogeye Sports yeah. Hall of Fame. He is a Hall of Fame. He's in a real Hall he's of Fame. He's not even Livingston Academy related. Yeah, and uh, I got to cover Coach Swallows' his last few years here as a baseball coach with Over the County News. And um, I remember did, did an article, sat down with him, and, and um, he was such a good coach and such a good man. Um, but he's an 06 uh, Baseball Hall of Fame, or Tennessee Baseball Hall of Fame um, inductees, 533 wins, 310 losses. Two region titles and uh, eight runners, eight region runners up. Uh, I don't know if they ever made the state tournament, but five hundred thirty-three wins. And he was he built this program from the ground up. Um, my second pick would be uh, Coach Leslie Riddle, uh, Leslie Smith. She has four hundred forty-two wins, the most all time as a coach, sixteen hundred sixty-five points scored as a player, and outside of an assistant, she's the only. Player slash or only only person in Livingston Academy history to win a state title as a player and a coach and a head coach, right? So uh, the only other pl- only other person there would be Coach Maxwell, Elizabeth Maxwell, as assistant of uh, that O four team. Um, but seven state appearances as the yeah. women as the girls basketball coach at Livingston Academy. Of course, the one win, uh, one one runner up. Um, Next pick on my list was Cat Nigro, and mm. a sport that uh, doesn't get a lot of coverage, uh, unfortunately. But I got to cover her, and it was a lot of fun. Two-time Gatorade Player of the Year, State of Tennessee. That's pig. That's the Gatorade Player of the Year in all sports. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, in all sports. Back, I mean, two times. Yeah, back-to-back, back, she's junior and senior year. Twice. Um, she was an all, yeah, in, her, in her senior year, she's All-America. By be all American by ESPN Rise. So this is not like over the county news voted. This mm. is ESPN. She's four time All State, mm. <laughs> three time Region MVP, District and Region MVP. I don't know who in the world got the fourth one because <laughs> she's four time All State. She probably did a pretty good job. <laughs> I don't remember. I had to go back and try and dig and look, but somebody messed that up. But uh, so. She had 58 goals in the season, mm. her senior year. That's wow. third at the time. I I, have, I didn't look this up just to bring it out. At, when that was set, it was third all-time for a single season in the state of Tennessee. Wow. She left her career with uh, third all-time in the state of Tennessee with 163 goals scored, second all-time in the state of Tennessee with 87 assists. Mm. And unless I'm unless I'm wrong here, which is possible, She's also a national champion mm-hmm. with the North Carolina Tar Heels. Um, went on to play there. Uh, number one, that's the number one women's soccer program in college sports. So, uh, is that her only qualifications? Because I'm still kind of iffy. I'm not sure. If yeah, I don't know if she's good. I don't know if she's good enough. I mean, <laughs> wow, that's I mean, a lot of stuff, man. Uh, she she dominated the sport. Yes, you know, absolutely. She might be the most dominant athlete in her sport we've ever had here. Wow, really? That's... I mean, that's the truth. That's really um, impressive. She played on the under nineteen um, national team. Wow, I remember that. She played on the under nineteen USA national team and played. Um, mm. 
what a what a great career there. Um, last two don't have a lot of information on, but Katrina Beach Board has to go in. I feel like um, 04 champ. She made the state tournament twice. Um, she uh, at 03 they kind of got upset by Seymour, but probably should have won it there too. Uh, but she's the 04 uh, state tournament MVP. Twenty, I think it's twenty one hundred and four points scored. Just an overall dominant athlete. Signed at UTC, of course, didn't pan out there. Um, just had like a lot of athletes kind of just got tired of playing and been playing so long and needed a break. And uh, has got a beautiful family now, but uh, she's got to go in. And then lastly, uh, kind of like Cat. A, a guy that dominated his sport at the time over here, Bobby Buzzacaro. Mm. Uh, 52 and 40 is his record in professional baseball. Uh, it's not the major leagues, never made it the majors, but he, made, he was a professional baseball player nonetheless. 52 and 40 all time. With it's a, a winning three, record, man. Yeah, absolutely. With a 3.89 ERA, 124 saves in his career. Um uh, that's all professional baseball abroad and, and here I think he made a triple A one year. He was one step away. Um but then he's I texted him and was like, Hey, uh, what's your high school stuff? You remember anything like that? And he's like, No, but I think I was like five ten. I about I've had like five ten and had eighteen home runs, I think, which is a single season record in my right. senior year. And I was like, oh, okay. Anything else? Like, I think I left with eight school records. Oh, okay, well That's impressive. I think he did pretty good. Um so Bobby's gotta go in again, professional athlete. Um we don't have any of those. No. And, um, you know, he came back and did some things in the community, too. So that was, that was my yeah, father. he was in charge of the, uh, the, the rec, rec league, league over here one year. Over here. Yeah, yeah, did a great job. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, was, I think those are a solid five. Um, there, I try, Like I said, try to go against the grain a little bit. But, I mean, if I, if, if I had to take any of those five and just do one, it would be cat. Absolutely. I mean, it's got to be. Would. And, again, yeah. a, a sport that didn't get – uh, covered a lot, but she deserved all the coverage in the world. Sure, um, sure. You know, the only way, only thing you could argue about there is, you know, about Buzzacaro being a, yeah. if you're just picking one, yeah. being a professional athlete mm-hmm. too. So, you know, great in high school, but also great yeah. after high school. Yeah, it was because, I mean, he had a great college career. I think that, you know, you give a lot of Heismans away in, in college that just don't do anything in the NFL. But then you got the ones that who do great in college. And then great in the NFL, yeah. places like that. You know, those are the super great athletes yeah. right there. Yeah. Ones who can sustain it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I got a couple of names to throw on there. I, I did a lot of uh, coaches. Uh, I would like to throw Roger and Craig's name yeah, definitely. definitely in there. Yeah, uh, with, Without them, Livingston County Sports would not be what it is. I agree. I agree. It wouldn't be worth listening to. Absolutely. I, I mean, mean, we just we talked earlier about Bob Kessling on the, you know, the yeah. Ball Radio Network. It's not fun anymore. I, I, look at, I look at the replacements like with John Ward and to Bob. When when the time comes and they're no longer doing it or no longer around, you can think about replacing them with somebody like me, and I would never do it. But I would I couldn't do what they do. Mm-hmm. They're so good. They're just great. And there's nobody else. There's a guy. There's they have people that cover other games. You know they're not able to attend and they're not good. Yeah. At and, all. and they've been doing it for so long. Yeah. I mean twenty thirty second, years almost. Second hand nature now. So and it's uh, it, it's really amazing. I think they would definitely need a spot in a Hog Eye Sports Hall of Fame. Absolutely. Um, I, a couple of uh, coaches. I mean, it's it's obvious to pick Derwood Vaughn. Yeah. I mean, that's just that's really obvious. I mean, it's kind of a no brainer. He has to be coached for thirty two years. Yeah. Thirty two years. What coach is going to coach thirty two years nowadays? 
Not many. It's, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's got 647. I think it's 647. 647 wins. That's that's impressive. You know, yeah. Jimmy got his 200th win here recently. He's still more wins away than the total that Leslie Riddle currently has. Yeah. From reaching. That's nuts. That's nuts. And he's he's what? He's been coaching 10, 10 years now? Yeah. yeah. He, he's still 22 years away. Yeah. Good I mean, luck, Coach. That's just <laughs> Unbelievable how good he was. And then on the flip side of that, you know, he's got Derwood Vaughn's got a banner, which is great. On the other side of the gym, Larry Looper's got a banner. Yeah, but I, 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 that gives Rickman stuff away. Can I count that? I don't want to. I don't want to count. Sure. Okay. Fine. Don't don't count that. Um, he just he still got a great record. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I'm not percentage wise. He yeah. may have the best. Winning percentage record of, so. of any coach. Yeah, probably so. I think he was four forty two and eighty something, yeah. eighty eight maybe, something like that. And I, like I said, I would just want to be. I don't know why we have that banner up there that has his all time wins on it because that'd be like putting, yeah, you know, point Leslie's up there from Oneida and uh, Farragut. Farragut, right? Yeah, right. so it's not like that. Do that, but so yeah, I agree. With he's he's in. I mean, th- those are two obvious ones, mm-hmm. and then you got to throw. If you win a state championship at Livingston Academy, that's only happened, not counting basketball. That's only happened twice. twice. Mm-hmm. Football, Matt Eldridge. Mm-hmm. Of course, they've only got they've got yeah, their own, yeah. they got their own <laughs> own Hall of Fame. So the other one, Merle Smith. Yeah, I have Merle in class too. He's such a great guy. Oh gosh, but, yeah, great, great guy. Uh, yeah. Was he the first volleyball coach here? Oh. That's a great question. You know, did he start the program? They have. That'd be something to ask him or his daughter Paige. That's a great question. I, I do wonder that. I'm going to ask that. Christy Jenkins might know. Yeah, She's Christy the current know, yeah. current volleyball coach. Um, that's that's you know I've never thought about that, but definitely Hall of Fame. Definitely, I, I think if you win a state championship, that's a automatic. Automatic, automatic. you've got your spot. Mm-hmm. Nobody can take that away from you. So uh, Merle Smith definitely. And then speaking of starting a program, Danny McCormick with softball. Yeah. Coach McCormick. Uh, yeah. I, I followed him as the softball coach. That was tough, wasn't it? So, yeah, there was a quite a bit of drop-off <laughs> <laughs> for a few years there. Uh, it, it went downhill. A walkabout, maybe. <laughs> he said a walkabout. You guys are pretty You guys are pretty steady, though. I remember that. So, um so I would I would throw some of those those guys in there, and then of course softball Courtney Curtis. What about um? You have to throw you have got to throw me names here, or throw back names if if I'm wrong because they suck. I just my memory wrong. Uh, you know, Stacia Babb, she's pretty good, wasn't she? She was good. Yes, I, I coached her. Yeah, uh, and uh, of course uh, Ashley Howard's a pitcher for you. Crystal Hammock. Yeah, Crystal Kingery, Crystal Hammock. Um, a few people, man. Just... And, of course, we don't know all the stats and no, stuff for baseball no, no. And, and softball. So there's people that probably we've missed Yeah, that big definitely time. should yeah, be included. But time. we can bring this topic back up again sometime. Yeah, absolutely. I want to revisit it a lot because it's a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, I want, I want people to get to take to get away from football. Like, I get it. We've got, they've got the hall out there. But we got to get this thing going. We really do. Because I think there's a lot of athletes that we can bring back and have a lot of fun with over – Overall, um, that have done a lot of things for this community afterwards. Um, I think a um, good friend of mine, Megan Burnett, Megan Thompson, um, she got out, you know, went to Freed, um, and then turned to coaching. 
you know, start helping kids get better and learn the game. And, um, you know, I think that speaks volumes. And she was a state championship winner, too, point guard. And, um, you know, there's a lot of athletes. Speaking are, of, uh, you know, we talked about with, did Merle Smith start the volleyball program, mm-hmm. Danny McCormick with the softball program. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to start a program, like a, of a of a sport, I mean, we had the fishing report last week. Uh-oh. We may have to throw the hey, may have to throw the fishing coaches oh, into okay. the uh, sports all of that. <laughs> but on another one, I don't know. You wouldn't. You might know this. Did Ethan King start the soccer program? I know he did not. Uh, okay, there was a sales before him. I had him as a student, and I don't remember his first name right now. But I know he coached it before Ethan King. Uh, Ethan, Ethan King, King was big. I started to say Ethan King's got a big, big time. Considered Coached there. both. Sports Boys and girls for a long time and had success. Fifteen years at yeah. least, and had a lot of success. So yeah, um, Shane Qualls. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of. Of course, he was, I guess, a football player. But so, baseball, played baseball. I mean, I don't know how it would work. How to get this actually started for real? I mean, we're just hypothetically yeah, throwing yeah, things yeah. out well, here. We need to think about it. So most likely, we would have to meet with the administration at Livingston Academy High School. Someone would have to say, "Hey, we want to start a." Livingston Academy Sports mm-hmm. Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. call it Hogga Sports Hall of Fame if you want to. And most likely, whoever meets with him would be, he'd say, well, you just take that and run with it, boy. Well, let's meet Let's meet with him, let's go, because I think it's a great thing. And then I think they have a committee. You'd have to form a committee, just like yeah. they've got for mm-hmm. football. They've got a committee who votes and on I, it. I guess they do, they could do some kind of fundraising. I don't know, I'll get, maybe the bank sponsors that. Possibly, but and so, we would I, just have to do a class and mm-hmm. decide, take one person from each sport, you know, the first year maybe. Yeah. Uh, player, I'm, and then maybe do coaches too. I don't know who listens to this and who doesn't. But I challenge a school sponsor. If it's, I don't know, is it's First National Bank the school sponsor or is it American Bank? Trust? First National Bank. Okay, so First National Bank. Anybody from First National Bank, I'm, I'm, this is my thing to you right now. You need to get behind this right now. Get with myself or, or you, hopefully you, because I'm so busy with driving and things. But, but absolutely... We'll get together, meet with somebody, and let's get this thing going. Well, the vocational school can get involved and put a, you know, put a, make a not necessarily a trophy case, but something together so we can put people's names up on whatever, do it ourselves, however we want to be, hang it somewhere that wherever I can walk in and see it in front of school, whatever it is. Let's get it going because I think it's a big deal. Mm. A big I agree. Deal. I agree. It, it needs to be more recognition. Of, of past athletes and their exploits and what, what they did maybe after high school with some of the yeah. uh, professional athletes. You know, yeah. a lot of other schools, I've been toured other schools as, as being a teacher and going to places like that. They do things like that. Yeah. They have a special place for their athletes who have went on to do great they things. Should. They should. And there should be a, a pride thing. I mean, um, you know, I haven't talked to Kat in years, but I'm sure that she, if you ever bring up Livingston Academy to, to Kat Nagro, she talks about her playing days and what it meant to her to come out here and, and leave it all out on the on the pitch. Um, and so, same for um, you know Pat Swallows. I know bringing Pat Swallows back would be, you know, of course, Father Time's ticking on everybody. Getting Pat back in here and letting the community show, you know, hey, we appreciate you. Um, I know that would go a long way for him. And I think that's our duty as the guys and girls that have watched those people perform. Um, you know, we got to live. Uh, and experience something great, especially these state championship teams, because of these athletes. Mm. And I think we forget that sometimes when we are are, are having success. Is um, we, didn't, we don't really have a part in it. We just show up and cheer. 
and uh, these guys and girls deserve recognition. And then it goes beyond sports. I mean, obviously Dale King's not a sports guy, but he's a bus driver. Roger and Craig. Yeah, you know. I think there should be a spot for people mm-hmm. like Absolutely. that. Absolutely, I agree. It's not gonna be out there. I mean, no offense to anybody out there, but I mean, it's football and it's its own thing, and that's great. But let's get this thing going. I agree, hundred percent. Well, all right. Uh, I think that'll do it for this segment on the Hog Eye Sports Show, and we'll be back to wrap up this episode right after this. You're listening to the Hog Eye Sports Show, voted by our listeners as their favorite cure for insomnia. Thanks for listening to at least part of the show. Well, possum on a gum bush, it's happened again. You've wasted another perfectly good portion of your day listening to the Hog Eye Sports Show. We want to throw a few shout-outs now. Uh, this is being recorded on Friday, February the 1st, and on Saturday, February the 2nd, there's a few local elementary school teams playing for the championship of the James C. Hale State Tournament. In the small schools division, my alma mater, Hillham Elementary boys team, will be taking on I don't remember exactly what team it is, but they'll be taking on a team. It doesn't matter. That is not from this area. <laughs> and let's let's hope that Hillham brings back some silverware from that uh, tournament. Silverware being the, the championship. Sorry. Yeah, so eating. We're going to eat a W, Jameis. <laughs> and, and also two other teams from the Overton County School System, the Livingston Girls and Rickman Girls, will be facing off against each other for probably the Fourth time this year? Yep. Yep. Fourth time this year in the state championship game of the girls' division of the James C. Hale tournament. So let's let's hope uh, uh, one of those teams brings back the the championship. So yeah, they it's obviously definitely will. Come back home. <laughs> it's definitely <laughs> coming back home. to Overton County. Congratulations to those three. Um, shout out to Cheyenne Wingham, uh, female wrestler here at Livingston Academy. Uh, two-time TWSAA uh, Wrestling State Tournament appearance. Uh, back-to-back years, so shout-out to Cheyenne. Great job there. Uh, and speaking of that, I hope to uh, get Cody Newman, uh, tie, tie him down sometime. and Good luck. He's good luck with that, yeah. Go man. And, and record a little uh, episode or segment with him about the wrestling team as he yeah, is the current wrestling coach. He started the program, didn't he? No, no there's no, 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 been no. a couple it's of coaches. Couple of yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. He, he started cross country or something. Yeah, track and field, track I believe. Track and field, that's right. Awesome. Um, i got a shout out, a shout out to uh, the Water Trace subdivision. The Burnett's and the Housers down there. Um, I think they're hustling kids for money <laughs> at Rickman Elementary School because I just watched their two kids come out here and just drain money shots. I uh, took money from Mickey Ledbetter tonight. Got 40 bucks out of the dude, which is hard to do. And uh, I think they're out there running like this underground hustle ring mm. instead of fighting dogs and chickens and stuff. They're like telling their kids to go to school. Like, hey, I bet if we go play horse, I'll play <laughs> for 10. And they know they're gonna, their kids are going to win, so they just <laughs> encourage it. And uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm on to your, to your gig there, uh, Mattenhauser and Megan Burnett. I know you're trying to get the money out of these other kids. No wonder my kid comes home broke every day. <laughs> She's probably playing horse with the Burnett kid. That's what it is. But, no, they're, uh, I, had to sh- I had to shout them out because that little Bryce Burnett goes and makes a free throw night just like it's nothing. And walk about, see ya. So. That is ex- excellent. And then a kid also hit the uh, yeah, uh, she's a half-court half court shot. shot uh, for a Bilbrey, cool, Donnie Bilbrey's son. For, for a cool 100. Yeah, you know Mickey Ledbetter just loves that. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, shout out to all Hey, shout out to Mickey Ledbetter for, for doing that Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. 
uh, doesn't have to put up his. That's his own money out mm-hmm. there. Ain't nobody else doing it. Uh, so thank you to Mickey. Uh, of course, like I said, Jed Hauser and uh, Bryce Burnett uh, for making those big shots. And um, Cheyenne Wingham on her success as a wrestler at Livingston Academy. And, and good luck. Well, uh, so if you've got any questions, comments, rants, or recipes, you can send them to hogeyesports at gmail.com. You can also send them to our Twitter and Instagram handles at hogeyesports or to facebook.com forward slash hogeyesportsshow. You can also send us a voice message via our profile on the Anchor app. Uh, We would love to include some of y'all's stuff in future episodes. And if I can get it to pull up here, we actually had our first ever voice message sent to us over the Anchor app here recently. We had a shout out. Was that our last episode where we mentioned uh, Jackson White's Mm -hmm. podcast? Mm -hmm. So if I can figure out how to get to this thing, he sent us a voice message and I'm going to try to play it for you right now. It's about 23 seconds long. And Hey guys, this is Jackson White. Wanted to say thank you for the shout out on your last episode. Really enjoy your guys' stuff. It's very informative in all things Livingston Academy Sports and even that things outside Livingston Academy Sports. Keep doing what you're doing, doing a great job, and keep rolling out great content. Thank you guys. So, as you see, if you send us a voice message and it's uh, got some good content in it, we will put it on hey, the podcast. I'll play the bad content ones, too. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks, Jackson. And, again, um, doing great things with FCA and just life in general. So, guys, send us some stuff, uh, you know, uh, either by snail mail or uh, any, any of our social media outposts. We'd be glad to hear from you and include your stuff on our podcast. Absolutely. So, today's Hog Eye Sports Show sponsor has been Oedipus Rx. A mom and son pharmacy. So for Josh Scott, this is Michael Johnson, and we will see you on the next episode. So long, friends and neighbors. <laughs> <laughs>